Okay, we're live. Hey, Andrew, thank you so much for being here. I know we were just chit-chatting before, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking the time to have me. For sure. Everyone, this is Andrew Blant. He is the CEO and founder of Gift a Meal. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Gift a Meal? Yeah, um, so Gift a Meal's a for-profit social venture. And we have a free mobile app. And each time someone takes a photo of their order from one of our partner restaurants, we make a donation to a local food bank to give a meal to someone in need in the community. So the restaurants are paying us a monthly subscription to be on the app as a mix of marketing, giving back, and then free for people to take photos. And then we make the donations to help feed those in need. I, I love what you're doing. And first of all, I just, I know, uh, I, we, we were chit-chatting before. I always was always kind of preamble before I hit record on an episode, but now more often than not, I like to just hit record to go straight into it. Um, because I think it's, I think it's awesome just how we're reconnecting here. You know, I know we met a couple of years ago at South by Southwest um, when you were down there, I think you were taking me back to that. Like when, when we met and, and why you were down at South by Southwest, have you won a, an award or were you a part of a pitch competition? Yeah, so we were in the top 25 startups in the U.S. pitch competition thing at South. I, there sure. was a long name for it. I don't remember. Yeah, um, I, I was a part but, of a bunch of those, you know, yeah. back in the day as well. So keep going. Yeah, so I was there for that pitch competition and everything. And um, yeah, and then uh, with us both being WashU alums, it was great to sync up um, with you and a couple other folks down there. And um, I actually caught up um with another guy who's um based out of austin um as well yesterday <laughs> so kind of oh nice and, um it, but, are colliding um, yeah um, yeah, really but yeah no, so good to see kind of the innovation going on in austin and everything yeah when i was thinking of having you on as a guest you know a lot of times i'm featuring nonprofits, but i want to talk to more and more people that are doing social entrepreneurship ventures um mm -hmm. i get a lot of people that reach out to me or um, or our friends of friends of my friends that are considering starting some sort of entrepreneurial in, endeavor. Undoubtedly, you know, it has some sort of social mission behind it. Um, they're always kind of asking me for advice. So, you know, you're we'll kind of I'll ask you for advice, and I'm hoping that this episode maybe those people will listen to it, and you and I can kind of riff on some of our experiences getting our respective businesses up and running. Um, how many years now have you been uh, running Gift a Meal? Five years now. I mean, I started it when I was still a student at WashU in, uh, in October 2015, and then mm -hmm. I graduated May 2017 and went full time on it. One of the things that I that is totally different about what you're doing versus mine. I mean, I pursued some entrepreneurial endeavors while I was in college, and even before that, you know, small scale stuff in high school, and even. Um, uh, shoveling driveways and washing cars and stuff as a, as a little kid and all of that. But I really think it's so awesome how you started um, this venture and have stuck with it and picked a model that was really relevant as a business model for the 21st century, combining, you know, an app and digital and technology and actually having something that could scale both, you know, for the business, um, but obviously for impact. So, you know, I'm curious for you to comment on um, sort of what softball that I'm laying up for you, but like advice that you might give the college students to con that are considering doing something entrepreneurial, like do you suggest that they start during college? Do you, you know, a lot of other people will 
maybe be scared to do it and will say, well, I'm going to go to the working world and work for the first, you know, handful of years and then start my business. Um, talk to us about your path, um, doing it in college and sticking with it, please. Yeah, and I think it's pretty low risk to do a startup in college or even post-grad just the time to do it. You know, like I'm not married or having kids right now. And um, so this is the time where it's the lowest risk out of any time to, to um, take the plunge into entrepreneurship. Um, I think that there's kind of the scary and the sexy factor of entrepreneurship that college students have a lot of the time where they think it's really, really difficult to get started, but they think, mm -hmm. oh, it's a cool thing to do. Um, but I might also want like a stable job at Goldman Sachs or something like that and take that in summer internship. Um, and I don't think a lot of those things are mutually exclusive um, in terms of um, trying out entrepreneurship and then also doing something else too. Um, I think that in college, there's kind of the incubator for your idea that's really safe. It's really easy to get started. You don't need to invest all your savings to build a mobile app, for instance. You can test out your idea through a mobile website or just build a really inexpensive minimum viable product to test out your concept in college. And then if it takes off, then great, you can go full-time on it and forego internships and jobs and work on the startup. And if it doesn't, then it's an interesting bullet point for your resume. Um, but I think in terms of my journey, I did spend all my summers working on Gift a Meal. Um, and we received our first investment from the Capital Innovators Accelerator for 50K in spring 2016 when I was a junior at WashU. And so by taking on investor money, I was then taking on that burden and responsibility to give my full focus on Gift a Meal. Um, fortunately, they allowed me to stay in school and not drop out. Um, but it was the first time out of 80 companies that they'd invested in a student entrepreneur. And so I realized the risk that they were taking. And, you know, I could have gone off and taken an internship um, at one of these bigger companies like a Capital One or Goldman Sachs, like a bunch of my friends were doing. Um, but I felt obligated to take Gift a Meal to the finish line for uh, our investors. And then also I just felt the personal motivation to build something up that could have profit and purpose be consistent goals. And I saw the capability for us to take Gift a Meal nationwide and make a really big impact and ultimately um, lead to an exit opportunity. Um, so for me, it was just kind of building it up as I went along. I didn't have any knowledge or secret insights in particular when I was starting off. I just kind of learned by doing and failing and iterating and asking other people for help um, and then just kind of went for it. I love that you share, you know, I love everything you share there, but for me, yeah, it's, it's so much more now about doing. I think that um, I remember when I was early on and I just had the concept for charity charge, I wanted to just sort of talk to everyone, you know, and I was like just sharing my idea and my concept. Um, every industry is different and every company has like, or their business model or concept has advantages and disadvantages. For us, we needed, we had such a high barrier to entry, um, especially at the time, because we had to convince a really large payment network, either a MasterCard or Visa, and then a really large, uh, you know, credit card issuer to do what we did. So it took took me extra steps. And so a lot of that was me just socializing my concept with people that had experience in the credit card industry and also like knew the kind of the gatekeepers at MasterCard or Visa that I would need to, you know, ultimately speak with. But even with that being said, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like I wasted so much time just talking instead of just doing. 
And now I'm so much more, um, I mean, I'm fortunate we've run our team. I mean, I have really smart people around me and all and everything, but I'm so much more of the fact of just make a decision, do something. And then I learn from it. And I think that a lot of people, I'm not dismissing like the value of mentors. Um, but you could just make a decision as an entrepreneur or, you know, a business owner, and you'll probably get feedback pretty quickly from the market, whether it's good or bad. And then you can just iterate there as opposed to just like bouncing opinions off of mentors and, and things like that. So I know it was a little bit of a rant, but I, I really just like your spirit. And I think that those are the most successful and best entrepreneurs. I mean, you just, you just go for it. So. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. And, you know, I think that uh, with leaning on advisors and mentors for support, I think that that's helpful to a degree. Um, I mean, sometimes you get conflicting advice and that's okay. I mean, you realize really quickly as an entrepreneur that you don't need to listen to all advice. Like you should, right. uh, you could, you should actively, you should actively listen and hear them and make people feel respected and try to pull everything out of those conversations to apply to the business, but you don't need to act on all of those ideas. And at a certain point, if you could, there's not going to be one perfect route to building up your company at the early stages. And so you don't need to try to perfect things like you were saying, you need to actually do it and then see what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then just make sure that you're setting it up in a way that uh, you'll be able to quickly iterate. And well, and to that point, what I, what I'd like you to do is could you, I know in the very beginning, I gave you a brief opportunity to, you know, speak macro about gift the meal, but could you do two things for us, please? One, just break it down a really practical standpoint from the vantage point of the individual using the app. And then from the standpoint of the business owner that say would own the restaurant, talk about also how it, you know, interfaces with food banks and stuff, just, just your expanded pitch, I guess, to the product. And then I'm curious for you to share how it has iterated because I want people to learn, you know, I, I don't specifically know, but I'm making some presumptions here that the very, first, you know, idea that you had for it, it, it's looking a bit different now. So, so expand on gift to meal for us and then walk us through like what it was like in the early days and then how you've pivoted and, and changed it, please. Sure. Um, so from the user perspective, they download the free app on iPhone or Android, usually finding out about it through um, like a table tent that we have up at a restaurant or a coaster or um, we have a table stickers, we have floor decals, we have takeout cards. So you find out about gift and meal through the restaurant normally, download the app. Um, and we have about 200 partner restaurants on the app that you can choose from. And then all you need to do is take a picture on the app. Um, and then we make a monetary donation to a local food bank uh, to help give a meal to someone in need. And what that means is that each food bank has a meal metric, which is their cost to distribute 1.2 pounds of donated food to a neighborhood mm -hmm. pantry so those in need could access it. Um, and so that's typically between 10 to 25 cents per meal paying for that cost of distribution because um, the food's already been donated by the supermarkets and community food drives and things like that. Um, and then so from the user, there's no financial incentive. It's just giving back and it's a free way to give back just by supporting socially conscious businesses. From the restaurant perspective, they're joining Gift and Meal to get the marketing output and then also to kind of transform their business into a social enterprise. Um, and so the restaurants can be promoting at the end of every month, I send them a monthly update. They can promote um, this month, 65 meals were provided to those in need due to photos taken at a restaurant, thank their customers and show that they're being socially conscious. 
Um, on the back end, though, what's really cool is that we've seen that when customers use gift a meal, they're becoming more valuable customers for the restaurants. Um, so, for instance, we did a 17-month case study with one of our partners, Bloom Cafe, where they gave us access to their credit card data over 17 months and to write down in your territory there. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, then we matched the names on the credit card transactions, the names of the gift a meal accounts, so we could segment customers that used gift a meal and ones that didn't. And we saw the customers that used gift a meal on average spent 25% more per check. Um, they returned 20% more frequently and tipped 34% more as well. Um, so using the power of the socially conscious incentive, we're able to drive traffic and boost check size for the restaurants. Um, in addition to all the good stuff about sharing photos and the value of that and people seeing the photos people share on social media through gift and meal. Um, and so the restaurant's paying the 49 to $149 a month, depending on the plan, to get that mix of the marketing and the gift back. Um, so that's the user perspective, the restaurant perspective. Um, to date, we've been able to provide over half a million meals to those in need um, through that model. Um, and Good for uh, you. During the that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. I mean, during the pandemic, I mean, before the pandemic, it used to be just for dine-in at restaurants. And now people can use gift to meal at home for takeout and delivery as well. And since the pandemic started, we've provided 100,000 meals to those in need, um, which has been pretty cool. Um, well, that's awesome going, growth too for you to say. So if you're at a, approximately mm -hmm. 500,000 total and you've done 100,000 in the past, you know, what are we saying now? Eight months or so, seven, eight months. So mm -hmm. up to that point and then you're 2016. So it took you your first, what, three and a half years to do 400,000 and then the most recent eight months, a hundred thousand. Yeah. I guess for context, pretty cool. um, at the point, yeah. at the point that I graduated WashU in May, uh -huh. 2017. So October, 2015 to May, 2017, we'd given 30,000 meals. Okay. Um, and last month we did over 15,000. Yeah. So what took me like over two years to do, we've done in the last two months. It, it's pretty crazy. You know, I, I did want to, I don't want to lose sight of the question I asked you about, you know, talking about like iterations and pivots, but Sort of to that yeah. point, I mean, we're now seeing, you know, X many years in, we have pivoted, tweaked, introduced new products. I mean, all sort of that are complementary to one another and like our market here and nonprofits. But um, boy, I need to, let me hook up some, some power here for us. Um, but it's amazing to me just the concept of, I mean, so to, so to speak, compound interest, like putting in hard work, being willing to just grind it out, stick with something or whatever, because we've seen, we're seeing absolutely similar metrics, you know, with what we're doing at Charity Charge, both from the impact and then obviously, um, you know, for the business itself. And so it's just really cool to hear that from you as well. And I'm really happy and proud for you, the things, the things are picking up. And it's funny, um, you know, always like how it changes your perspective and your standard, because I remember like, I mean, ours is about obviously impact, but at the end of the day, like we're, you know, we have individuals that use our consumer card and nonprofits and businesses that use our corporate card. And so I remember, you know, the very first week that we ever got our weekly transaction report. So it's all about like how many dollars are spent on the cards, like in total. And the first week it was um, like $15,000. And I thought, oh my God, like, people have char charged $15,000 last week on our credit card. I'm like, I've never spent $15,000 in a week <laughs> on like my credit card. Like that just seems bonkers and insane. 
And then now, you know, it's on a completely different level from a weekly perspective. And it's like, you know, 15 grand feels like pennies. Um, so anyway, just curious for you to, your, your, your thoughts, like when you reflect back on, on where you started and where you are now. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, doing 100 meals was a big, I mean, even getting one app download was the biggest yeah. deal in the world. Yeah. And now, um, you know, we, we have something like uh, over 35,000 users. I think we're at like 37,000 now. But like, that's the thing. It's like those extra 2,000 don't really make a big difference in my mind of being like, oh, we have 37,201 users. So like 35,000 plus. Um, whereas before, like, an extra 2,000 users, like that took a long time to get 2,000 users on the app. Um, but, you know, now it's like not, it, the, the incremental um, amount of users is not as much. Um, so I guess that difference in scale is big. But in terms of the impact side of things, that's something I try not to lose sight of because um, remember each meal is 1.2 pounds of food. So um, I think now we're at like 530,000 meals. So that's um, like over, that's almost 700,000 pounds of food being distributed. So like, if you think about that, that's, I think like 10 to 12,000 school buses filled with children that are getting food because of gift meal. Um, and so the impact of one meal is something that can be pretty significant. Um, when I've gone to some of the local pantries um, and people have shared their stories with me, um, that's been something really significant where I've seen um, the impact that that can have um, of just filling somebody's belly for a day when they're looking at taking care of a child or looking to apply for a new job opportunity or something like that, um, or just kind of get by so they could spend money on paying the rent and utilities. Um, and so I try not to lose sight of the impact of one meal, um, but it is kind of crazy to also then think about the scope of 500,000 meals. Um, so try not to lose it's, it's an interesting um, exercise in terms of um, the magnitude. Oh, I forgot for sure. how to on that ramble, but. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's great. But I also think that's the power sometimes too. We were talking about like people deciding to start a business or not start a business, right? Is um, it, it really, obviously it's a sum of all, uh, you know, it's a combination of, you know, in your case, um, a lot of circumstances that you can be grateful for mentors, I'm sure mentors, parent, you know, I don't know specifically, but, but at the end of the day, you did it. Right. And I think that that's important for people that, that may be listening to this or are interested in entrepreneurship. To me, that's one of like, I, I, I kind of, I, I have a lot of different takes on like why, why to be an entrepreneur, um, three or four kind of macro points. But one of them that I don't talk about a lot is, candidly, just the ego side of it. I mean, I think that ego is often used in a really negative way when we think about that, but we're just wired in certain ways as human beings. And we have a need to, to want to be special, to want to make a difference, to want to stand out. And, and maybe even if that's not for everyone, I mean, I, we, we, we all want to be accepted. I think that that's sort of like a universal thing going back to like tribe theories, right? And you even look at it like through evolution, like like animals that are in packs, like they, they want to get along. Like you don't want to be that one that's ostracized because then you like die and you starve and you can't, I mean, I'm going kind of crazy, but if, if you read a lot about just, just, just the need for acceptance in, in a community. And so, you know, like a lot of times when I think about 
charity charge when we're doing sometimes i just look around like in a meeting i sort of just get like outside of the meeting and i'm like at forty thousand feet and uh i'm like wow like i've caused all these circumstances to be here you know or it's like even when we were last october we were up uh visiting with our bank partner commerce bank and and we were all kind of had a big like uh kind of collective joint dinner and everyone's talking and laughing and all of that and i'm like if not for me pursuing this this even this dinner wouldn't be happening right now and so that's like that's a really micro part but i like to think about for you like all of, all of the restaurant owners that um, are getting more value and more business from this, that also candidly feel better about who they are as business owners, the people that are using the app that are making a difference that feel better about it, the individuals that are running the food bank that now have much more support because of you, and then obviously the end recipients, it's all because you made a decision to go for it, right? it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Like you've changed the world. I mean, you really have. Yeah. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time. To, I mean, even as you're saying that, I'm just, I'm just kind of taking that in. You made it all um, happen, you know, like you yeah. could have not made it happen, but you did make it happen. And like the world is conspiring for you. And like all these different forces are at play. So that's what I think is really cool about being, you know, I mean, there's different scales of all of this, right? But you think of like a Steve Jobs who like makes an iPhone that X, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. So I'm going to be totally off my rocker here, but like <laughs> that over a billion people are going to be, or billions of people are using, like, it's crazy, you know? And so I think for people listening, everybody has that opportunity to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think that when I, um, look at the world and my place in it and everything. Uh, you know, I, I turned 26 years old a couple months ago. And so knock on wood, I have a lot of time to figure out my impact. Um, and Gifted Meal would be the beginning of it, unless maybe I'm with Gifted Meal for the next 30 years and we get 100,000 restaurants and all that. Um, or if we sell in three to five years, like we're more planning to do. Um, but when I look at kind of what I want my impact to be, kind of the egotistical side, like you mentioned, is that I see that I would be able to work my way up to be a VP at one of these corporations where I could have a stable paycheck to support a family and all that. But I do have that itch to try to do something great. And uh, I mean, I think humility is really important. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. And there's people that are smarter than me and more skilled than me in a lot of ways. Um, but having that kind of internal thought process that I do have something special with my unique mix of traits and intellect um, that I don't want to waste. Um, and I don't want to waste that potential. Um, like imagine if like Steve Jobs or um, like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates just decided to do what was comfortable rather than go out and innovate. Um, and that's why like when I thought about my impact, uh, you know, I mean, right now politics being a big thing, like I'm not a super political person, but then I'm thinking in my head, okay, how can I make the biggest impact? Would it be through something in politics? Would it be through building a really big for-profit company where I have the ability to give back through managing a nonprofit, through building up a social venture, um, through mentoring other people, through venture capital, um, whether it's through you know, all these different types of avenues um, where I would wanna have that balance of personal happiness, uh, but also with 
not squandering the potential that I think I have to see things differently and put different pieces together to make a really big lasting impact on the world. Um, and so when I think about like when you were just saying um, of the impact I've been able to make as a 26 year old with this small startup in my mind where, you know, I think that it's something I've, there's definitely stuff I've proven out with Gift to Me and all that stuff that you mentioned, um, but it's by no means labeled a success yet. Um, like, you know, it's still something that could fail and we could go bankrupt and uh, not get acquired and all that. But even if we did fail in that means, we still would have been able to make this large level of impact um, on the lives of people the company has touched. Um, and so when I think about what success then looks like, if that's what failure is, um, that's what gets me really excited and um, kind of humbled by that type of magnitude um, that I strive to reach. Look, I think it's I think it's incredible what you're doing. I think that you already are successful. Um, you know, it's all relative. I think it's baked just in the impact that you've been able to create all along. But I appreciate that you're mindful of it. I think for you, just keep doubling down on whatever it is that you want to be and whatever you want to do and not worry about um not also worrying about too much about the outcome. I think just by doing like things are just yeah. going to keep unfolding for you. Um, but, uh, but I really like your perspective also about, you know, what if Steve Jobs is afraid to be an entrepreneur or Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. And, and the reality with that is there's so many people that had the potential inside of them and didn't decide to do it. I mean, obviously when we're just playing the odds for all the, Steve Jobs or Zuckerberg that there are, there's at least one like that didn't do it, right? I mean, and life is just weird and there's circumstances and things happen and people go on different paths and all of that. But I used to think a lot about that. Um, and it's been a while since I've reflected on it. But, you know, how many people had something so special and with them? Um, there's an old saying that I'm going to butcher, but it's something like most men go to the grave without, you know, singing their own song or something like that. So hmm. I think that, I think that, um, you know, life short, I mean, a lot of my kind of inspiration and kind of, I think what pushed me to sort of go all in on charity charge was just the loss of my father who died from cancer at a young age, who was 53. And it was sort of, you know, for me, just reinforcing how short life is. And like, if you have something that you're excited about or passionate about, you know, just go for it. Um, I know it sounds yeah. kind of like kooky and all that, but I, I, I'm still guilty of it, like getting overwhelmed in my decision-making process. Um, and then sometimes I just need to get on my own head and realize like a lot of time a decision is either yes or no, or this or that. So it's like, you could sit there and agonize about all these things, or you can just make a fucking decision. Like, yeah. you know, and so that's, uh, that's where I think some of this comes down to for people too, that just get caught up like, well, I don't know in this scenario. I'm like, am I going to be able to do that? And what happens to the family? And it's like, just make a decision, you know, and be cool with it, you know, and then change your mind. Um, but no, it's cool. It's cool to reflect with you on that. Um, for people listening, I mean, look, you guys are on the app store, gift a meal. Um, what are other ways that, what are ways that people can, can get involved restaurant owners get involved? Like, what would you want to share um, with anyone that's listening? Yeah, I mean, so right now we 
really only have restaurants in St. Louis, Chicago, and Detroit. And so we're evaluating new cities to expand to. So um, if there's people listening that are restaurants or individuals and you want us to consider coming to your city, I would love to talk um, to learn more about um, where you live and why you think it would be a good fit um, and to get your advice on how we can best enter the market. Um, so somebody could just reach out at andrew at giftmeal.com and shoot me a personal note and um, hop on the phone with me and I'd be happy to chat, to chat. you know, we're a three-person full-time team with a couple part-time. Um, we're raising a round of funding right now so we can hire more people um, to expand. Um, we haven't posted the new job postings yet, but um, later on, you can always check giftmeal.com slash hiring if it's super interesting to you, if you want to actually work with us. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything like that, or even if you just know somebody who's in the food industry, who you think would be good for me to talk to as we think about how we could create partnerships with others in the food industry as we look to scale or um, with other nonprofits and things like that. Um, I'm always uh, having my ears open to um, advice and to new opportunities. That's awesome. I got a couple of people I actually want to put you in touch with that we'll, that we'll chat with after we end this recording. But for everyone listening, um, it's been nice to reboot and uh, keep the Charity Charge podcast moving forward. Uh, this was uh, an episode with Andrew Glantz. Uh, founder and CEO of Gift a Meal, giftameal.com. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you.